Have you ever wondered to yourself if you should leave or quit something? Maybe you want to leave your job, or quit your degree, or do you even want to leave your own home? The thing is, we all leave things, often not knowing if it was the right decision or not. This podcast talks to people who have made the decision to leave, and each of them have their own unique story, both challenges and triumphs. Some left to try different things, others even return to where they were originally left from. My name is Braden Green, and I left university to pursue my radio and podcasting dream. And this is Levers. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Levers Podcast. Now, on this show so far, we have talked to a lot of people about leaving their jobs, family, or even homes. But today we have someone that decided to leave an unhealthy lifestyle. Now, you may have heard today's guest voice before because he has the great pleasure of being the announcer of the Adelaide 36ers and the Adelaide Lightning. And well, heck, it could also be considered the voice of South Australian basketball with the amount of events he has hosted. But I bet you didn't know that he's currently on a massive weight loss journey that has changed his life more ways than you could possibly think. Today's guest is Alan Brown. Welcome along, Alan, and thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me and wanting to hear my, my story. Anytime, mate. I mean, let's start where we always start, mate. Why did you leave an unhealthy lifestyle which started this uh, weight loss journey? I mean, I mean, it's such a, a long question, I noticed that, but why did you leave that? It has a pretty short answer, to be honest, uh, and we will certainly extend on that, but I didn't want to be a fat dad. Really? That's it. That's the, that was the that was I think what really brought it to my mind. I didn't want to be a a an overweight, unhealthy, can't get up off the couch to go and play with my kids. Dad, um, I've got an eight and ten year old, and they both have a lot of things to uh, to do. And my, my youngest plays basketball. My oldest loves playing golf. And uh, although that is you know doesn't require super fitness to go off and play golf, but keeping up with both of those two is something that's really that was really really important to me. And I was heading in a very negative, very poor direction and found at one point it was just, uh, that was it. I'd had enough of heading in that direction. If I kept going in that direction, it would have ended, um, it would have, yeah, it would have resulted in some very nasty outcomes for sure. Okay, so we talk about family. Obviously, this is a huge impact. I guess, where does this all start? Is it like as soon as your wife is pregnant or like when the child first arrives? When's, I guess, that moment where you go, I don't want to be a fat dad? Well, it, it, didn't happen early. It was. Um, I think I was just going on with going along with life, and life just finds a way to happen. And life gets busy with kids getting older and such like that. It uh, got to a point where it were in we're in summer. It was uh, it was December, and trying to sort of you know, keep up with outdoor activities. This is in 2020. Um, just it had nothing to do with with COVID issues or you know the, the COVID weight gain or, or whatnot. This was certainly a lifestyle that I'd been been living for a long time. I would uh, you know, have uh, every time I went to Coles or to you know, any supermarket. I'd you know, every time I walked out of the checkout, I'd be grabbing a chocolate bar. Or if I, I went to get get lunch, it would be a pie and a cake. It wouldn't just be a pie. It'd be a pie and a cake and a drink and a soft drink. So these things they kept adding up and adding up and adding up. And then I, I went for an angry walk. An angry walk. An angry walk on New Year's Eve. 2020 and I just had a lot of things to process and to think about how I was treating myself and how that was reflecting to my family and and my family life and came back from from that walk and I was gone for a couple of hours just walking around Gawler which I I, I, I wasn't sure where I was headed because I, don't, I still even though I've been living in Gawler for the last nine years and then that would have been seven years back in 2020 i still don't really know where everything is i had to google, <laughs> I had to google map to get here so uh, i i wasn't 100 percent certain where i was going but I, I i was glad i went because it took me from where i was going to the journey that i'm on on now so the next day i got, I got back from that walk and uh, i said to my wife i said i, I want to join the gym um, I, I want to make start making some improvements and some changes. I, I reckon I've joined the gym about four or five times over the years, and this is an, it's, it's been a long, long battle. I reckon there was well, I joined a, uh, a a gym down south where I used to live, and I was like locked in for twelve months, paid my membership. I reckon I went three times in twelve months, and I just it's, it just wasn't my kind of place. So, fourth of January, went down to to Zap down the road, um, and. Went in, had a session, all right, let's go, sign it up. And yeah, went three times a week minimum for 
geez, for almost 10 months and as best I could just, you know, got out there. And then that was, that was basically the start of that journey was uh, that angry walk on New Year's Eve 2020. And then things started in 2021 in January. So what causes the angry walk? I mean, that's obviously a large part. And we've heard like similar things from other people. Of course, there's that one moment where we're so unhappy with ourselves that it forces you to change, I guess. So what causes that angry walk for you, Mike? I think it's just how I felt about myself as, as what I was providing to my family. Um, I, I certainly wasn't providing the, the best version of myself that I could be. And a lot of that came down to my nasty habits of, uh, of, of diet and exercise and being in negative mind frames a lot. Um, and that sort of, and that sort of mental health side really kicked in hard. And it, it just made me really upset with myself and angry with myself to have allowed myself to get into the into the mid 90s of uh, of kilogram weight which when you know you generally have previously been a pretty fit person uh, very sporty and only five foot nine 95 kilos on a five foot nine frame is not a good thing and it just you just came to a head and I'm just uh, I, I need to get out for a minute and I need to get some air I need to figure out where I'm going we're at the end of another year and I'm, I'm still doing the same things, the same bad habits, the same bad processes, and nothing has changed. And I need to make that change. I've got to figure out what I have to do. So I, I, I went for the angry walk. Two hours later, came home. And I, I remember talking to myself all the way through on that walk, like, what am I doing with, with, with myself? Why am I going down this path? What's going to happen to me in five years if I keep going this way? With weight steadily increasing, I'm going to be 120, 130, 140 kilos. My, my father-in-law, he passed away about 12 years ago, there about, about 11 years ago, 12 years ago. He, he was very unhealthy, uh, unfortunately for him. He had a stroke and uh, all, all due to weight issues and, and other bits and pieces. So that was, um, that, that was in my mind. I didn't want that to happen. He was 52 when he, uh, when he passed away and I'll, I'll be 40 next year. And that's not very far away, 52. You know, and if I want to still be here at 52 or give myself every every opportunity to be here at 52, I, I got to start doing this now. I can't look at it at 51 and go, hey, I might try and lose 60 kilos this year because of I've let bad habits create this monster and I can't get that back. So start it now, get good health practices into place, and that was the that was the big decision on on that day for me. There's a lot to unpack there. There really is. There's, you talk about that, like looking at why am I doing this to myself? You, you're talking about even just with that gym, even like going continually going, which is a common problem for a lot of people. I know I've I've felt that going to, not even so much a gym, just going somewhere to do an exercise program, or you like I know someone buys an exercise bike or something. I'm going to do this every day. I've done that too. I've bought the exercise bike. I've bought the treadmill. I've sold the exercise bike. I've sold the treadmill. I've bought a treadmill. I've sold the treadmill. I've bought an exercise bike and sold the exercise bike. These have been common it's a cycle. Occurrences. It really is. Uh, no, no exercise bike pun intended there either. It, it really, really is. The, the issue, and then this is this is the thing that I'd sort of been telling my kids about this as well is that you know anyone can can say look i'm gonna start a health kick and go out and go for a 5k walk the following day but then it's what are you gonna do the sec the second day and then what are you gonna do next week and then what are you gonna do next month one walk is a great great start and take nothing away from that first step because that is the super most important thing to do is to try because if you don't try then you won't know uh, I, I've tried so many times to join the gym. I've tried so many times to try different ways of losing weight. I've done the man shake. I've done the other, like you know, those meal supplement replacement shakes and such like that. Uh, I've tried so many different things to try and turn this corner, make this change, and failed. But it's the trying and failing that makes the difference. You have to try. You have to fail until you find that one thing that makes it happen for you. And it was an angry walk and joining the gym. So let's talk about more. We'll delve more into that angry walk, I guess, before we get into the process of it. So why were you, you talk about, you're like, you're going, if I keep going like this, I'm going to, you know, get more weight, more weight, more weight. We, you talk about going, getting a pie. You could talk about getting a cake as well. Why were you doing that to yourself? Just to feel happy. And having a full stomach was something that I always connected to happiness. Um, even you know, from back in my childhood, I was quite overweight as a child too. My my nana was a wonderful cook, uh, brilliant cook. Just yeah, anything she made, like her cheesecakes were just. I tell you, I, I still have visions in my head of uh, of of 
you know, it, it was, and they were random cheesecakes. It wasn't just it was a birthday cheesecake or a Christmas cheesecake. They would just be there. They would always be there. And you know, she she unfortunately she she gave me those uh, those early early age uh, little um, I suppose just habits of going to the pantry and grabbing a nice sugar loaded cake or a piece of piece of cheesecake or a second piece of cheesecake and she'd be like oh just have it he, you're hungry so you can have it and that's fine and and that set up that process for a long long time with that connection to food that I wanted uh, I wanted to feel some happiness and I felt happiness through eating food would you say that's an unhealthy relationship or not I'd say so I definitely say so F- food is fuel and food is there to be enjoyed I, I mean I still I love food but it's about, I don't think I respected food very much. I think that's probably the underlying fact. I didn't show any respect to what I was eating and my own body. So now we've we've gone through this part. You're going through the angry walk and everything. And now we've walked back through the door and saying you want to join the gym. What was your wife's reaction? She was surprised um, because she's seen me do this before. And she had she was, she was hesitant in terms of... of of my ideas to do it because she's seen me do it and fail before, but she was she was excited for me and encouraging for me to give it a to, to give it a crack, and she was always going to support me in doing it. Um, that's that's the best thing that we've been able to provide each other is the support when we want to do something. Um, it's just it's, that's what we have to do. Um, it's you know that, that's the relationship that we've got. We'll always show that support even when there's worry or concern. We'll always show that support. So she was uh, she was she gave me that push. There was um, there was some good encouragement coming from her for that, which I I, I always still appreciate. And that was um, yeah that you, you got to have that 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 nucleus uh, to be able to provide you that support when you're trying to make things happen that you're hoping to change your life with. Was there anyone else that helped you through this as well? Because you talk about how important the support network is and you need that nucleus that people to keep pushing Mm -hmm. you. I mean, obviously you had your wife and then I guess you had the reason in front of you with the children. Was there anyone else that, you know, tried to push you along or did you even have people like trying to go, yeah, no, you're okay. You don't need to do this. Why are you doing it? Did you have people question you even? Did you have any of that? Not at all. Not not that side of it, no. I think um, whenever, whenever you want to try and, improve yourself in some way even if others don't see that it, I, I haven't had anyone come to me and go you know you, you're fine you don't need to do anything it's being wanting to better yourself is really you know it, it, it's such a good thing for you to want to do and when people see that they're very encouraging of it a couple of people um, and i will name them um come straight to mind uh jared walsh uh, was a very big one in sort of helping me get started with uh with gym workouts and, and running uh, challenges and other bits and pieces. I'll, I'll touch on the running stuff in uh, in a tick as well because that's something that's become something very interesting for me. Uh, another one um, and probably one uh, a real massive uh, influence was uh, was Big Joe. Joe Tsatsiki, you know, he always gets his last name wrong. I love that man. He's such a good bloke. Uh, Big Joe, he he's a very dear friend. Um, he came. He's come back from 275 kilos to change his life. And Amazing, isn't it? He's, um, I, I, I can't thank him enough for the inspiration that he provides in in turning his life around. Uh, he would be, he'd be, and there's no, 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 no pussyfooting around, he'd be six feet under if he didn't change his lifestyle and make some adjustments and he, he sought out help and it was amazing. And he's... He's just yeah, he's such an amazing fella, and I'm, I know his mum, Linda, and and dad Jim are just super proud of everything that he's done to you know, turn his life around. They've got a, a brand new son again, and it's uh, and he's yeah, he he deserves every accolade and and having his support throughout the process, his encouragement, his undying love and encouragement for for what I'm, I was trying to do, even though it's not quite on the scale of losing 150 kilos. It was um, yeah, I, I thank him endlessly for that, and and uh, and Jay Walsh as well. Can I ask how much weight you have lost so far? Twenty kilos. That's pretty good. Yeah, took over twenty kilos. So um, that's it. Took a lot to. It didn't take much to get it on there, but uh, it took a lot to get it off. So uh, and I think the the real hard part is keeping it off. But um, it's yeah, it's been good. It's been I've. I was going to bring some along with me, but I didn't get a chance to make it up. But I, uh, I have changed a breakfast habit. Um, I, used to, I used to not eat breakfast, uh, or if it was breakfast, it would be <laughs> Coca Pops or uh, you know Crunchnut Cornflakes, yeah. something I find at the shops because uh, I like to relive my childhood. Because I'm, as we can see by the jumper I'm wearing, uh, I'm basically a child in a 38 year old man's body. 
Um, but I started to make smoothies in the morning because I, I used to, I tried the meal replacement stuff and it just wasn't for me. So I, I, I don't know what I was reading or where I saw it. You know, it might have just been in like a, one of the free Coles or Woolies magazines that you get at checkout. It was just a berry, a berry smoothie with um, uh, rolled oats in it. So I, I start with a watermelon base, um, pop some frozen mango in there, a banana in there, half a cup of rolled oats, um, whatever various fruits that I may have, so from blueberries or whatnot, a bit of honey, and then some Metamucil. It's not just for the pooper. It's good for heart. It's good for heart health as well. It's very good for your heart health. Is uh, as old Metamucil. Uh, I've got some little. Um, uh, my wife bought it. I can't remember what it's called. It's this. I guess it's like a super green superfood thingy that you just another sprinkle thing. So I put a bit of that in there, and then as much baby spinach as I can possibly fit in really? a blender. Uh, we actually bought a specific blender for it, like a you know, Ridge, Ridgey Didge. <laughs> A couple of hundred dollar blender to make sure that these things were getting pumped out because I was going to be using it every single day and, and then fill it up with water. makes about two or three shakes. So I've got one for just for the next two or three days or uh, my wife would have one or the girls will share some. Um, and that's been that's been every, just about every single morning unless it's a specific breakfast day, like a, having pancakes one morning or having you know egg and bacon rolls one morning. But that's been every morning. And it's still super tasty and it fills me up and keeps everything moving as it's supposed to keeps me moving as it's supposed to and my youngest cat terry he joins he joins me most mornings for a piece of watermelon and some baby spinach because he's a weird cat and he likes to eat watermelon and baby spinach i guess it's another support person really really (laughs) he'll be scratching at my door about nine o'clock he'll be like yep it's melon time come on let's go melon time smoothie time and he'll always get a little bit of smoothie at the end he likes the smoothie at the end so i don't know why but he's just that kind of cat so let's talk about the first week at the gym, I guess you were always talking about it's important to try and everything like that. And so, so it was three times a week, if I'm correct. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, I tried to do three times. Well, I thought three times a week would be would be achievable, and it was not. It's not uh, reaching too far. I'm not. Gonna, I didn't want to enter into it and going right. I'm going to go every single day. I'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm going to blast out a two hour session. I'll come home, shower, then I'll work, and then I'll. You know, I wasn't keen to do that because I knew if I did it that way, if I went too hard too early it would end pretty quickly. So three times a week um, was that was where it started. And if I squeeze another one in there, fantastic. You know, that was that was brilliant. By by November of twenty twenty one I'd been a hundred times in, in that calendar year, which I'd been to a gym a hundred times in my life. I'd been hadn't been to a gym ten times in my life up until that year. That first week was tough. That first week was hard. Because the thing is, I'm not sure if you if you remember this or if you know this about gyms, but the stuff that they have there is really heavy. Right now, <laughs> when you go there and you pick up one of these heavy gym items, you have to put it back down again. And then after that, you have to pick it back up again. And you do that over and over and over. And, you, and you're just saying, so what? this is really heavy. I don't want to pick this up. Why am I picking this up? It's heavy. But you do because it's there for you to pick up and put it back down again because doing that is going to make you lose weight, get stronger, feel better, and your perspective starts to then change. So it's keeping that consistency of going to the gym and knowing that you're there for a good reason, even though you might not be super enjoying it. Like every time I leave for the gym, uh, Kate, my wife, would would call out, uh, have fun. And I was responding with, ah, yeah, woo, here we go. <laughs> and I guess that's what I really wanted to ask as well. What's the mindset of the first week because that's where a lot of people can have problems obviously they're like dreading the gym or it's like the opposite like you were saying they're going way too hard I'm going to smash this this is going to be so easy so what's that is there a different mindset compared to other times that you have joined the gym I mean what's going on in your head I think that this time I knew that I wanted to be there I knew that I had to be there and I needed to stay there. And so I used that first week to to try all the machines, uh, which was difficult because I didn't wear my glasses. So I had to go right, right up to the to the, to the the thing. I'm standing there to, and next to my machine, like really right up close trying to read what this machine does. And the trainer would come up, are you okay? Like, yeah, yeah, I just, I just can't see very well. So I'd just go get right up to the thing. And so I'd read what it does and I'd sort of side-eye a few people to see what they're doing. Like, hey, what's that guy doing? Oh, that's, that's, what, that's what the machine's for. Okay, I'll do that in a sec. All right, cool. And then 
I'll go and try that and see how that works for me. And with with Jared's help and um, and a few others that uh, that jumped in to give me some pointers, Miller and a few boys from uh, from the 36ers who keep themselves super fit, um, they gave me a few pointers on what to do and uh, and what I could be doing to help certain things and in in certain ways. So I took that on board and and gathered it all in and made my like, made my sets and got into it. So that. And that's the thing. The thing, the funny thing with momentum is once you get it and and you and you start to see improvements, like you fast forward, you take it from that first week and fast forward to the end of January. I've lost a couple of kilos. I've got these lumps in my arms that I didn't know what they were for a while. I was, I was having a shower and rubbing my arm, going, "What the heck is that?" My, it's moving. It's a muscle, and it's there. And I made that by going going to the gym and lifting weights, and or I I, I don't. When I bend down, I squat down to pick something up. Knees aren't hurting, hips aren't aching. I'm not going when I do the down or the up. And that, well, that's new, and that feels good. And I want to keep doing that. So, was there a point though where you thought, "Oh, I just can't do this anymore"? Because, I mean, we talk about, I guess, where people hit a, a wall almost. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, I, I just can't keep going on. In this case. Was there ever a wall coming towards you or did you go through it? I mean... Constantly. Um, yeah. Gym, the gym is not my my bag and, and I've always known that. And it, it uh, yeah, it was, it, it was quite... This is, this is where I really thank uh, thank Kate for almost, you know, drop kicking me out of the door every time. I'd be in my gym gear. I'm sort of procrastinating. I'm getting to the, I'm in the hallway. I've got my bag. And, oh, I've got my drink bottle and I've got this now. And, I'm, and just get out and get to the gym. Hurry up and leave. And, and, and those pushes that I needed just to go, all right, get out. You're already dressed. I was actually, I was, I was, uh, it was either reading an article or listening to a, uh, might have been a radio interview with Michelle Bridges. Okay. Um, and I'm, and she said, I remember, because I remember these little bits and pieces that I, that I pick up a bit of advice from here and there. And she said, that if you don't want to go to the gym, get into your gym stuff and go there for 10 minutes. And if after 10 minutes you still don't want to be there, then leave. It's fine. You got, you got there. The way I then adapted that is that I've, I've gotten here, I'm in my gym stuff, I've been warming up for 10 minutes, I'm already sweaty, I'm already here, I've kind of committed this next hour and a half, two hours to being here at the gym, might as well see it through and stay here and do my workout, whether I want to be here or not, if I'm already here, I might as well just do it. Okay, so we've looked at the gym and the, the exercise bit of it now. Um, does diet come into it? Obviously, you were talking about the breakfast and the smoothies, but what about when we get into our main meals? We're looking at our lunch and our dinners and everything, or is it just changing snack habits? I mean, you talk about, you know, when you get a pie, you get everything else with it, which I'm, I can completely understand where you're coming from. It's so easy to get that temptation, especially when they put those deals in front of you, for example. I, I'm a sucker for a twofer. Like, you know, it, it's, I can't help myself or, you know, or, or the meal deal. Like, you get a pie and a coke and and a uh, and, and a cake for 10 bucks I'm, like, I'm two you know like i'm i'm totally in it's it's portion sizing that was always a big problem of mine and i still struggle with that and uh, i was actually talking about this tonight funnily enough we were talking about uh, about desserts um something for for after dinner and i i, I said to kate i can make a uh, chocolate pudding if you like and she's like yeah but i don't trust you with the portion sizing I'm like <laughs> Like yeah, well I can't. It's just I try and I, I just I can't just even even just serving up for other people, like for the kids. I put it in front of them. There's like a like a giant mound, you know, the, the, the about you know thirty centimeters in diameter of chocolate pudding. Like what? That's too much. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's not okay. enough. I see. Oh, sorry. It's like <laughs> and my glasses upside down. That's why it looks different. It's like binoculars. It's sort of it throws me off. But no, it's it, it was for me. It's always been portion sizing. Um, and it's about like for desserts, for um, like spaghetti, like I, I will just eat until I pass out, throw up, then you know regain consciousness, eat some more pasta, and then pass out again. Um, that's that's always been a big vice for me. Um, that's you know, and and chips, just potato chips. Um, I love the crunch. I love the taste of potato chips. Always have. Um, it was about. Reining those in. I don't, I don't want to deprive myself of these things and, and say, I'm never going to have chips ever again. Or I'm so, never going to have chocolate ever again. So you still have them? Totally. My word it is, yes. I will, I, if I want a packet of chips, I'll go and have a packet of chips. The, the difference will be I'm not having a packet of chips every single day. And I was. That those were the habits that I had. I, I would, I, and I th and for me, working from home now too has really changed um, changed that perspective. I would used to work in the city. I'd go for my, I'd go for a walk on my lunch break to get some lunch. I'd probably wander into Coles and get a cheese and bacon roll or something like that for lunch, and I'd just wander through the chip aisle, grab a packet of chips, 
and eat the rest of that during the rest of the day. I do that the next day and every day after that, along with a, with a bottle of Coke, a 600 ml bottle of Coke. So it's it about, it was, for me, it was then about reining that back in. Like if I feel the urge to go and buy a packet of chips, I will, but I'll have a small amount and put them away and have a small amount another time or share them with the rest of my family rather than hiding them in the car, which is something that I did. Is that a low moment for you? That sucks. It really sucks. It's like, you know, you, you, you sneak in a chocolate bar and you, you know, th- chuck the packet in the bin before you go inside. Like you're, you're hiding something just disgusting about yourself. And yeah, that, that's, the, the, those are the moments that I think that create that angry walk scenario is that you get disgusted with your own behaviors and you think this is not what I want to do. This is not who I am. You know, what, why have I become this why, why am i doing this this is not this is not what i what i intended to be was there ever a point where your wife or even your kids or something like that went hey dad i'm, I'm worried about your weight or anything like you know or, or you know honey we got to talk about this was was there any, any of that not not directly no i think then they, they all, all they ever want is the best for me uh, all of them um there are a few moments that I do remember where like my my youngest especially because she can be a bit uh, just front on. Uh, she doesn't very. Uh, you, you, you've met McKenna. You know what she's like. She's yes. uh, she's not backwards and coming forwards. Um, she would rub my tummy and say, "You've got a big tummy, Daddy," and I'm like. Mmm. Ouch. Okay. Then in my head, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm all of a sudden Peppa Pig's dad. Fantastic. This is great. And so it's those little things that you know that they they, they could see that was happening and they, they knew that was there, but it wasn't some it wasn't like an intervention of uh, you know stop eating bacon, you fat bastard. You know, it's it was uh, yeah, it certainly wasn't that way. Yeah, it's a it's a little. It's funny how the little things can pack the biggest punch I suppose in those situations and she was and she's always been a little thing that packs a big punch as well <laughs> all right so we've we've brought I mean we've gone through some dark moments through that so let's let's bring it up again so w- what was one of the best moments that you can remember on your journey so far I mean I don't want to say like this journey has ended because obviously you're saying you're, you're trying to keep the weight off as well was there a moment where you were just so damn happy with yourself well, there, there's been a couple. Uh, there really has, and I think, and, and I think the hardest thing about the, these types of journeys for anyone is the self-praise, because uh, it, it, you you got yourself to this position to have to do this. It was a uh, a, a comedian, uh, an Australian comedian, uh, whose name I do not remember, um, <laughs> but he's great uh, plug. He's he's really funny. Uh, he's an Australian Indian um, comedian. Um, he's you, you've probably seen him on um, on many. Uh, was it the um, uh, Have you been paying attention? Great show. Uh, he's been on that. He's a really really funny guy. Really down to earth, and he he lost a whole bunch of weight. And he mentioned that in one of his sets and the crowd started cheering for him again. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I put it there to start with, so let's not get too crazy with it. So that, that's, a, that, that's a backhanding of, of the compliments that he was receiving. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want those compliments. But you, you've got to try and allow them to come in. So the, the self-praise and the, and the self-evaluations and going, you know what, I achieved that. And that's a big tick. Uh, there was two. So I've been doing, so I've been doing some park runs. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the running in a, in a sec again. I've, I've mentioned that before, but I'll get onto it in a minute. Um, and breaking 25 minutes uh, for a 5k run, I uh, man, I almost punched a, a hole through a tree. I was so excited. Um, I'd, I'd I'd been dancing around it. I'd, I'd done a I'd done a 25 minute one second run. I was devastated at 25:01. I'm like, and I had another week to prepare. And the following week I had a terrible run, and and I'd, you know, 25 and a half, and I just wasn't in the rhythm. So I just I reevaluated in the following week, smashed it out, and hit a 24:50, and did a few more after that. About a month ago, um, I did True Grit, uh, which I was scared about because <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting and I wasn't sure exactly what I was getting myself into. I did the 5K. Uh, I, I just wanted to sort of feel it out a little bit to see what it was, and it was um, that was brutal. Uh, even 5K, and it was uh, it was so much fun. Um, I think it was the the second obstacle was to climb over just a fe- like just a fence, like three meter fence. Now I'm not three meters tall. We, we, we've established this very clearly that I'm definitely not three metres tall. I couldn't even, and this is just because I'm not very tall, I couldn't even run up and jump to catch onto the top of it in, <laughs> in one go. I tried, to, I tried to hit it and I tried to put, put my foot in the wall and just get onto the top, couldn't get it. So I had to jump and onto the frame of the wall and then jump up and then catch the top because it was just too high for me. And then I physically pulled myself up and over the fence and that was that itself 
was massive. If just to be able to pull myself up over a fence, three meters high, and get over that and then run off, I was so excited. And that, and that was a big moment from thinking about where I'd started. You know, that I would have had to had to pull up 95, 94 kilos of Allen over that fence, but I was pulling up 72 kilos of Allen instead. And it was it was a really accomplished feeling to pull myself up over that fence and I'm excited for more challenging things and, and, and bigger events in the future now. And now we get on to running, I suppose, because you often do post about running and stuff like that. And I've, I've seen you um, on your runs and stuff like that and how proud you are. And you, you even post your results, basically, I guess you would say, you know, and you post how far that you've done, how quick that you did and stuff. And I, I think what's great about that is that you showed a lot of honesty with not only yourself, but it, I mean, everyone you knew, I mean, it's on your social. I mean, it's, it's there. It's it's cold, hard facts. So I guess a couple of questions. Why do you, why do you enjoy running? How did you get into it? I mean, all of that, and what makes it what makes it work for you? Uh, Kate, she loves running. She always has. Um, she, I, I, I've tried try to run with her every so often when uh, you know before the you know the kids came along and such like that. But I just annoyed her because I talk too much during the runs, and she's trying to focus on her running. When you know, as as, as you know what McKenna does, she talks a lot, just general, and that's where she gets it from. So, but no, we we, we try and run together and uh, over the years, and and she, you know, I just it just really wasn't my thing. I just I'm ball in hand kind of guy. Like I'll go and play some basketball or kick the footy or go to the nets and play some cricket. Some something to do with the sport. I need ball in hand to to focus on uh, I've tried to go on runs where I've taken the football with me and just bounced it along and even that gets a bit tiring after a while I want to just go and kick it rather than just continuing to run so I was probably about about three months in to to this to the fitness stuff and I was doing a little bit of running not super not super big amounts at the gym on, on, on the on the treddy I was more so doing a bit of uh, all the cross trainer stuff and the um sorry the elliptical trainer and the, uh, and, the and the bike was mainly what I was doing and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a go. Kate talks about it all the time, and she and she gets a lot of enjoyment and uh, and, and love from it. So, I'm like, all right, I'll give that a go. So I got the the wireless headphones and popped them in and signed up to Spotify. Got the premium playlist as uh, as you do, which I'm sure that everyone's all subscribed to Levers. So it's on the uh, on the Spotify. Um, and yeah, made a made a tape. I made a not a tape. Gosh, how old am I? <laughs> I made a tape and <laughs> made a made a, a, a set of music and all right, I'll give this a go. I'll start out with the, my my first run was hilarious. I, I set out to run probably about three kilometers. That was that was my aim to run three k's. And I'd mapped it out that three kilometers uh, from where my start point was was Chibo. So I'm like, I'll run to Chibo in Gawler, the main street, and I'll grab a juice and I'll just you know, knock it back and then I'll walk home. That was my plan. So I had uh, I had my had the app. Uh, I can't remember I can't, the app. It is the app. It was it. I have anymore. I can't remember which one it was, but it was just a, a running app. And so I popped that on the on the arm thing, and away I went. I didn't realize at the time that I actually set that app up for miles and not kilometers. <laughs> so I'm running along, going, "Gosh, this feels like a kilometer." Surely, God, I've been running for ages. I'm not that slow. Like this, there's got to be something more than. And then 1.2 miles. I'm like, oh, what? How do I even work that out? So I'm trying. I'm trying to think. How many miles to a kilometer? How many kilometers in a mile? I'm like, I can't do the math while I'm running. This is ridiculous. So I'm like, uh, all right, I'll see what the next one says. And then it does the next mile. I'm like, um, okay. Well, none of this makes any sense. So after three miles, I quickly stopped, changed it back to kilometers, and I had X amount of kilometers left to get to 5Ks. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just do the 5Ks and I'll keep going until until I get there. And it took me about 28, 29 minutes. Got to Chivo. I felt like I was going to pass out. It was wonderful in and and in a very sadistic way. Um, and I had some water and I limped home after that. And then I'm like, you know what? I've done, I've done 5Ks now. I could do that again. And so I did. Headphones in, playlist, music. I love theatre and musicals. So I've got musicals playing through my head, and you know I'm I'm dance running in a way in those first few months, and until I really sort of start to find a a nice rhythm, nice groove, and then did a park run for the first time in July last year, and that was fun. That was fun. And then unfortunately, that guy comes out. You know who that guy is? That's competitive Alan. <laughs> That's competitive Alan who sees who sees people running past him going, oh, I'm going to get that guy. Come on, I'm going to get back up past that guy. And you just find yourself racing against other people. Even though you're there to run for fun and for fitness, 
competitive Alan comes in and goes, yeah, I'm going to push people out the way to get to get in front. That's what I'm going to do. Is that is that good though? In that sense, I mean, I would look at that and think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? It pushes you that little. Oh, I like. I, I mean, it's the same almost in any sport. It is that I I don't think there's many people out there personally who are like losing, and you know, and in this case, there are no lo- no losers. But in your mind, there is someone. So it does it help. <laughs> It's uh, it, it helps and hinders at the same time. It's one of those things where, like, like I said about getting 25 minutes for the first time. Forget, I, was, I got 25.01, which was my fastest time ever, and I was disappointed. And I shouldn't have been disappointed because to run five kilometres in a literal tick over 25 minutes was a massive achievement. But in the back of my head, competitive Alan goes, oh, it's not less than 25. Sorry, pal, you tried. And then you go, right, well, I'm going to try and throw the kitchen sink at it the next week and possibly go too far and hurt myself. So it's, uh, it can be really helpful to give yourself that competitive edge to, to strive for more. And then it can sort of come back and bite you on the butt if you kind of push yourself a little bit too far. But um, it's pretty, it is pretty fun, though. I will, I will say that there are a lot of people of different ages and different uh, running abilities. And there was one particular park run that I'll never forget. And I hope I come across this kid again. He was, he was probably 12, isn't like, you know, Lionel Messi running in a soccer singlet, on a little soccer shirt. I'm like, this guy isn't even in running gear. I've got, I've got sunglasses on, damn it. I've went and bought a $50 pair of running sunglasses. I've got a bug in my own ones. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. So anyway, so we're doing this park run and I'm, I'm on, we're on, we've already done the first two and a half because you go up the hill and go back down again to the second two and a half. We've just gone through three kilometres and I can see this kid ahead and I'm catching him. I'm like, oh, this kid, I'm going to get him. He's got his little soccer shirt on and he's huffing and puffing. He's, he's in front of me. I got this kid. So I went up behind him, overtook him, went past and I'm like, yeah, go, creamed him. No worries, take that kid. And literally... 10 seconds after I'd gone past him, and I'm feeling so good about myself for overtaking this 12-year-old. He's gone like a dot on the horizon. I'm like, what happened? He's got skate shoes on. Where did this kid go? And he was, he, I, did, I didn't see him until we'd finished. He was gone. I'm like, you, I tell you, good on you, but you're a jerk. So I hope I see him again and I might push him into the lake. No, I won't do that. <laughs> right. it was, it was, it's, it's a real fun community, the Parkrun community, and they're all very supportive, and that, that's been fun. That's been fun to be able to do. And that's what I was going to ask you next, really. I mean, how important is the community helping that, I guess, because a lot of people, there's a lot of people that do sport just for the community, and I think, I mean, me and you, of course, we for people that don't know, we work together at the Adelaide Lightning. We help as much as we can, you know, um, with you being the court announcer and me being in the MC, and we're at the elite level here seeing like some of these women play amazing games but I think what sometimes not that our club who forgets it I think that sometimes people who watch sport and stuff like forget that it's usually about a community that's the main reason why we're there to have fun and just how important was that in you know to help push you more you know or make sure oh, I need to make sure I can get the next park run you know does it help with consistency what does a community do to help you well, it's funny you say that because I was talking to my eldest last night about uh, about how sport and and support works within a sport, and that and we're talking about her golf and such like that. That it's not just there is really no such thing as an individual sport. Running is another great example of that because not only will you have your running mates, running running competitors as part of your your community, but there's coaching and there's uh, there's trainers and there's everyone who organises the events, the amazing people that put on the events, the volunteers that make these things happen. And uh, it's, it's, it's so crucial. Whatever sport you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's running, whether it's calisthenics, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, it's that, it's that community that comes in to provide that, that support network. That is critical for any success. Now, I hate to bring you down, but is there ever a food or are you ever worried that you're going to go back? Yep, totally. Yeah, all the time. Um, I haven't. I've I've had to park the uh, the full on exercise for the last couple of weeks. I'm on the injury list at the moment with a nasty ankle, uh, which it's a great story. I'll tell you that in a minute. But yes, this last couple of weeks, um, I've not been exercising very much due to um, recovery and and some rehab on an ankle injury, which uh, you know it sort of restricts a lot of the stuff that I want to do, like going for a running. Obviously, it's very high impact on the ankle, so I can't do it right now. So, I've got another week or so until that's uh, ready to roll again. But it's um, 
this this is the period where I get you know in in my own head of like oh, I better not eat that because I'm not exercising as much and at at the moment yes I'll get back into it in a couple of weeks time but uh, you know just don't eat that because you'll you know start down that path so yeah it's 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 a constant thought and something that's always I think it's just always going to be there and it's not a demon to fight it's just a part of who you are and if you you can accept that and work with that person with that that personality part of you part of who you are you can work with that and still enjoy life and still enjoy these foods that you've that you've grown accustomed to loving and being a part of your life and you can you know you can have them when you need when you feel like you really want them or where opportunity may present that you're going to have them but knowing how that'll you know what you need to do to sort of knock that away afterwards so that's that's really important um Ankle injury. We'll quickly tell you about that. It's a good one. It's pretty funny. So, um, Red Rover. Really dangerous game. <laughs> what? Yeah, you, know, you know Red Rover. The, yeah, uh, I know Red Rover. Yeah, all over Red Rover. Yep, yep. So, when when we play it, when we do it at training, we do it for a warm up or a warm down, or just for fun. But the objects usually you have to tag someone, and then they they're, they're it with you. But in basketball, you, you take your ball with you. If you get the ball stolen and knocked away, then you're in. So as the coach. Of the Div 2 team, we, uh, you know, we, we can't lose to the girls. I mean, we're the coach. So I'm dribbling, I'm dribbling through, I'm crossing kids over, I'm wrong-footing them, I'm shaking and baking and just being an absolute knob. And I get up to McKenna. <laughs> She's the last line of defence, basically, and I've crossed her over big time. I've gone, I've gone right left and as i've gone left my ankle stayed where foot stayed where it was rest of me went in that that direction (laughs) aversion so i went you know when you usually would roll your ankles like inwards it rolled outwards so um i haven't done that before i've never done that before i've done a thousand rolls in the like inwards but first time i'd done it on the outwards and it's a nice bone bruising ligaments are okay which was nice um which is nice to hear that side of it but bone bruising and with bone bruising you got to just give it time to recover it's not much else you can do so that's that's me on the sidelines for a couple of weeks um but i know that once i get back there i've got my next event coming up in end of august that i'm really excited for and i've got to hit it pretty hard to make sure i get to that event and and do it the justice that i want to do it now it it can't be an Alan Brown interview without talking basketball, mate. I mean, there's probably people screaming, Can we fire out? Ask him about basketball. Hey, you know, I can just you already want, sense it. You want me to say defense? Is that what you want me to say? <laughs> say it! Say the word! Who's going to say it? It's like poking someone with a stick, you know, after a while. I'm off the clock, so I'm not going to say it. So, you know. <laughs> How did you get into basketball, mate? How did you get to do this amazing job that so many people would love to do. I mean, where does this journey start? Well, I had to pay a lot of money to, no, I didn't. It's, uh, it, it had just happened. So, so many things seem to do in, in life. Um, basketball as a whole, I started playing when I was four um, for a very long, very long time ago. So I've been involved in basketball in one way or another for 34 years. And what club is that at the start? So that was playing, uh, it was a four and four league at Morphaval Stadium. And, um, I don't know if I want to say the name of the team because he's in a bit of trouble, uh, and rightly so because that's what happens. Uh, the team name was Hey Dad. Whoa. Well, look, it was the 90s. <laughs> it was the 80s, actually, I should say. It was the 80s. So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. And that's, uh, it's, I don't know who may, who decided to call the team that. It was probably my mum's fault. I'd we'll certainly blame her for that one because uh, like, I can't remember otherwise. But, uh, yeah, so it was a 4-4 four and four competition run at Morphaval Stadium. Uh, we played across the court. So you had um, a basket set up on the other side and it was across the courts there on court four at Morphaval Stadium. So that was my, my start, my, my initiation in to basketball and it's been uh, it's been a lifetime of, uh, of obsession I guess or, or religion when it comes to um, the, the game of basketball so I had dreams and aspirations to be an NBL player to be as best as I could the best player I could be unfortunately I wasn't very good so that wasn't going to get me anywhere near an NBL contract unfortunately and that was you know one of those things whereas um, announcing just happened it really did Um, I was I've always done a lot of theatre did heaps of drama at at school at high school Uh, my brother um, he was doing announcing for um, for the Norlunga City Tigers which were actually my district club down south Um, he, he did a lot of radio at Coast FM 
um, what they, 86 point something? Like, I can't remember what they are. 88.6, 88.6 Coast FM. He used to, yeah, he had that real sort of classic radio voice. Um, you know, a bit of, not huge lengths of animation and, and whatnot, but, you know, that, that deep uh, radio. The deep, stuff. smooth voice. Exactly. Almost exactly like that, except not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Flattery won't get you anywhere. No, <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> yeah, that was okay. Um, and so I used to feel in for him every so often um, when he couldn't do the games at No Longer. And it made sense because it was my club, so I'd play for them, won a championship. So I was doing so, I was, I was only 18, 17, 18 years old doing that. And I remember my very first game um, that I was, I was caught announcing. I had written everything down, I was so nervous. And I, was, I had the microphone in my hand, had the piece of paper next to me, and I'm doing the introductions for Nolunga, and all you can hear is... <laughs> I'm shaking the paper. I was so nervous. I put it down on the, on the, on the bench in front of me. Okay, welcome to your Nolunga City Tigers. And they, it just came out, and it was fun. And five years later, I get a phone call, and this Paul Bauer from the Sixers, and I'm like... This isn't Paul Bauer from the Sixers. And they're like, okay, hi. Um, we want you to get, get you in for an interview. Um, we're looking to bring someone new in, a new voice for for game nights at the, at the Sixers. And I'm like, okay, okay, I, I, will, uh, I will come. And it would be remiss of me not to give a shout-out to Daniel Hughes, who provided them with my details or to, to get that initiation in because they'd heard some good things about uh, what I'd been doing down south. And Daniel has had a lot to do with with basketball management down in uh, the southern areas of Adelaide. So um, I thank him very much for passing on my details, for getting those uh, through to the team at uh, at the Sixers at the time. And I guess that's what they say. The rest is history. So what made you want to announce? So you talk about the first time, uh, you know, that, that nervousness. Was it just like... I want to do this as a job. Is it? Is it simply like I want to be that guy that yells out the name? I want to be part of the atmosphere. I want to build that atmosphere. What was it for you? I just wanted to be a part of the game and and go as far and go as far as I could with whatever it is that I had. Um, I used to, funnily enough, practice it in the shower because you in the bathroom. You know, it was it was always it was something that was in the back of my mind. And I think Space Jam came out, and it's the uh, you know it's now time for the ultimate game. Here comes the Tunes Squad, and that sort of stuff came out. And I was imitating that at home, and those sort of little things that just sort of creep in, and just you have a bit of fun in the bathroom, just announcing out names. And I I, I remember quite uh, quite clearly calling out, you know, number five, Brett Ma, doing that in the bathroom and hearing that back in the echo of the bathroom. And then my first season at the Sixers was Brett's last, and I actually got so I actually got to say the name with number five, Brett Ma, and that sort of stuff. It was uh, that was quite spine. Though we talk about spine tingling moments, that was definitely a, uh, a a real surreal feeling of actually being at a game and being the guy in the mic. I definitely didn't wake up one day and decide I'm going to be the Sixers court announcer. I just wanted to be involved and this was just something else that I could be involved with and try my hand at and it just turned out that I was okay at it and I still continue to learn and grow and get better and bring as much as I can to the game each week. So we talked about the first game announcing it just in general. What about the first Sixers game? Was that, were you nervous the same thing? Was it kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. we're in the big leagues now? Like, I was, um, I, I talk fast anyway, which I'm sure people are picking up on the uh, on, on the podcast listening back. I, I just, it's just, I've, I've always got a lot to say. Uh, I, had, I had quite a pronounced stutter when I was a kid too because of wanting to say so much, not being able to make my mouth catch up with the thoughts that are coming from my brain to push them out of my face. And, and it's so it was, I remember the first couple of quarters, I was super nervous. I was super duper nervous. It was all coming out so fast. And, and uh, Paul Bonds, uh, Paul Bonser, the, uh, oh God, he's a legend, old Bonds. Um, he's doing some great things on commentary now too, with uh, with footy and and basketball. So he's uh, he's, he's your next uh, he's your next BT, that's for sure. He uh, he was doing the on court announcing for the Sixers at the time, and he was a wonderful supporter. Uh, he really helped out with selling my nerves down and helping me to ease into the game and just to ease into the crowd because I was a new voice. Uh, I was someone that they hadn't heard of before, um, and they it, it was it just the Adelaide crowds they they appreciate the game so very much, so very very much, and you can't just go out there and go bang, this is me, who that's what I am. You you need to earn their respect and earn their trust that you're going to look after their game for them, and that was that was important to to learn those those lessons early on. 
So I want to ask you about leaving in general. We ask this to everyone on the show because I think when you leave something or you quit something, there can be a bit of a negative stigma around it. Like you could be called like a quitter. You know what I mean? Oh, you quit that. You did, you know, like that. So there's, it could be really, you know, quite you know, dramatic sometimes. So I guess, is there a negative stigma around it? Do you think people, you know, don't leave things because there's a bit of pride attached, you know what I mean? Do you think that just then they just decide to not leave because of that reason? Well, mm. I don't know if there's a negative stigma around it. I think there's um, there's a wonderful movement with, uh, with you know, body positivity and feeling comfortable in your own skin. And everyone, no matter their size, shape, um, well, you know, um, numbers on the scale, uh, we're all beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful individuals. And you know, the, the way you live your life is the way that you choose to live your life. Um, end of the day, for me, I know where I need to be, and I know where I want to be. And this is this is my journey. This is what I what I want to uh, what I want to set out to achieve and to maintain. And that's that's where I am. Um, there's. You know, there, there is certainly a lot of that sort of talk with, uh, yeah, with that body positivity side of it. That you know, everyone has the right to feel comfortable in their own skin, thousand percent. But it's up to you. You're, you know, up to the individual to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I accept myself as I am. And what would your advice to be to anyone who wants to leave an unhealthy lifestyle? What would you, or you know, or just leaving in general? What would your advice be to them? You've, you've got to do it for the right reasons and you got to you got to be pretty certain of those reasons as to why you want to leave and if you're certain of it then back yourself in you know no one will no one will, ha- will hate you for it um, no one will talk down to you for it um, y- you'll quickly find out who your most passionate loyal friends and family members and supporters are by the way that they they react and the way that they they come to you and tell you that you're doing great and that you're looking good and you're doing good things or you know whatever your particular thing may be whether it be losing weight whether it be getting that job whether it be leaving that abusive relationship they will, you will quickly find out who those people are really really quickly well mate it's been an incredible interview it really has and I've loved your honesty to be that open of your your low moments. And it's been really interesting looking at the process. And I think what was important that you were able to forgive yourself at the same time, that you, you understood, I can't do this too hard. I have to do this in a way. And I think it's the most beautiful reason to do it for your children. I, I really do. I mean, family plays such an important part of our lives sometimes and we've even spoken to people on the show who have left their families you know so that that support group that you have and just knowing that you want to do the best and so I hope you know that all your intentions were really from the heart and I think it's done you the world of good mate it really has because it's a struggle that a lot of people have weight is incredibly difficult and it's a problem that a lot of Australians have and well not just Australia the world sometimes and um, you've been able to challenge it incredibly well and the thing is you're still working on it and I think it's so important to get these stories out. That's why, why I got you on. I said, mate, this is a great story that we need to get out there to inspire people. And look, we've been some dark places, but as always, let's let's end it with some fun ones. You know, I think it's important to do that. And um, what would you say is the worst machine to do at the gym? Uh, worst machine at the gym. It's uh, look the probably the hardest ones to do are the uh, the leg curls. Oh yeah, uh, always seem to cramp up on those. I don't know why. Um, that's just yeah. Look, I I yeah. Th- th- those ones are probably the hardest ones for me. I kind of walk past those ones more often than not, um, and just go uh, next week. And yeah. you know my legs are okay. I do I do lots of running. It's fine. And what about the best one? Um, Probably there's the there's a tricep machine. This one always seems to break. Not not for me, but I always get there at the gym and it's like, oh, it's broken. Like who's not looking after this machine? I don't know what it's called, but it's like it's it's got the bars that go down. And you kind of get into that lock position and you push it down and then you, you kind of slowly bring it back up again. That that was one of my favourites. I'm usually pretty upset when I see that's broke. That's been broken again or the cables snapped. Which is look, you know, it's it's a good machine. It's got that one's that one's pretty fun. Um, I'll, I'll give it that one. Um, the lat pull down machine. It's probably another one of my least favourites because it's I've got a clicky shoulder and that one always clicks the shoulder. But uh, yeah, the uh, the tricep machine that was my favourite. Favourite thirty sixer of all time? Oh my gosh, what a terrible question! Oh god, I can't. It's all time. Oh man, there are. 
Oh, all of a sudden flooded with every name that's ever pulled on the Sixers jersey, um, and and I mean that. Uh, I totally mean that. Like, you know, this this club has meant a lot to me over the years, and you know, every every single player. I'm not going to answer the question. I can tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you right now. It's no. like asking me which one my which one's my favorite child. You know, I'm not. It's it's a, it's an impossible question to answer. Any player who has put on a 36ers jersey over the last 30 plus years uh, is my favorite player. What about a favourite Adelaide Lightning player then? Oh, look. <laughs> Come on, try the double. Women's sport is so, so critically important for us to support. And um, it, it's not just because I've got female children, it's because it bloody deserves it. And every and, and, and probably even more so. Like, I, I, those girls that, that's uh, just what they have to go through to get out on court, to get their seasons going, to, to be competitive, to, you know, the, the Lightning are the most successful South Australian sporting team in the history of South Australian professional sport. And not many people know that. I know that's a little becoming biased from us too, but just know, saying. But, <laughs> but, you know, the, the Crows get so much attention. The, 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 the Sixers get a stack of attention. Port Adelaide gets so much attention from the, in, in the footy. The, the Redbacks, the Strikers, great. I love what they do, but we, but the Adelaide Lightning are the most successful professional sporting team in South Australia, and they deserve so much more respect and attention and support. And look, and with the things that are happening in uh, in the off season here, that the, at the Lightning is very, very exciting. These girls are getting everything they deserve, and and hopefully there's more on the way. And if there's anything that we can say, make sure you get down to the WNBL. Me and Alan do work together for the Adelaide Lightning, and we're going to be really excited heading into the season. Anyway, that, enough with the shameful plug. They're all my favourite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just going to stick to that same same vein. They're all my favourite. Do you have an ultimate running goal? Just to keep running. <laughs> just, just don't to, stop. Just to keep not not like Forrest Gump when he went from one side of the, uh, the of America to the other, but just to, to be able to keep running. And to yeah, find new challenges. Um, doing the Granite Island run in uh, end of August. Uh, it's ten k's. I've not reached that level of uh, of kilometres yet. So do you get a penguin at the end? <laughs> I'm hoping to grab a few on the way. I think they let you have one if you can catch them. So I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that might not be right. What's your best weight loss tip for anyone out there? Keep trying. Don't stop trying. And 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 know that even if you try and fail, it's okay, because you take away the point that you, you do. You have tried. And you can always try again. Try something different. Just just keep trying. And that, that's all you can do. Don't don't take it for granted. Don't try to flip your world upside down with radical changes. It's it is the little things that, that can help. Favorite chant? Favorite chant. <laughs> Dribble it, pass it, we want a basket. Thank you so much to the legends at uh, from the, the Adelaide 36s and Lightning uh, from Just for Fun, the dance company, the great cheerleaders. They always have some fun fun chants. That's probably my favourite. Do you have a favourite basketball game that you've ever been to, whether that be a Lightning or a 36s or ever an NBL game you've watched or an NBA game that you've watched? Uh, probably Brett Maher's last game. Um, that was, yeah, that was, again, that, that was the first my first season and it was... Yeah, spine tingling, and that that was a moment. I I, I introduced him last um, in in that sequence of players, and just the uh, just the roar um, and the respect shown to this man was incredible. And just to hear it, just to be a part of it, and we won. And it was yeah, that was one of my most favourite memories. There's been there's been quite a few over the years, but um, that one sticks out. That was from you one, which was good. Do you have a weight goal that you want to reach? Just to maintain. I think where I am now in that um, mid to low 70s is where I should be and I think where my weight belongs. And uh, I certainly don't, don't need to lose any more weight. I think it's now about maintaining the journey. So, you know, I always I talk about that journey being a weight loss journey and it's now it's a weight, weight sustain, sustain, sustainability. I'll try that word again. <laughs> a weight sustainability journey now and keeping good habits going and, and not falling back into bad habits. Um, you know, there's a few things in the back of my mind that kind of keep me there. You know, when I was in primary school very quickly, when I was in primary school, I got a, a, a nice nickname uh, for being overweight and being named Alan. So I was called Alamungus, which obviously is a cross Whoa. between humongous and Alan. So there's these little things that, that still kind of get in the back of your head and going, you know, this is, this is the other person that was created because of habits that led to these things. And 
respecting those habits is important. So I think not wanting to get back into that mindset of I'll just let it happen and I'll be that guy again. You know, maintaining the maintaining where I am now is really important from now until the next 20, 30 years you know, come come past. You know, Adelaide Entertainment Centre or Adelaide Thirty Sixes Arena. Look, um, the Ant Centre has been amazing. It really, really has. They've they've put on an amazing show week in week out. Uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to the day that uh, that the Sixers get back to Adelaide 36ers Arena. Um, it's been their home since the 90s. Um, the Ant Centre is fan- fantastic. The staff there are brilliant. Love everyone there. Um, they do, like I said, they, the, the layout is is amazing. It's not as intimate as you get at Adelaide 36ers Arena, and with the upgrades that are happening, and that's very exciting. Uh, but for me, home home is at uh, Adelaide 36ers Arena. Well, mate. It's been a pleasure to interview you. I think your story is going to inspire heaps of people. I really do. I loved your honesty. And I think the the great thing about you, mate, and what I do really like about you, Alan, is the passion is always clear from you. You can see that you know your stuff. And the reason that you know your stuff is because you're so passionate about it, because you work hard. And people gravitate you to you, mate. They've all, they, I've, I've, I've known you for a, a pretty short period of time, but people always come to you. And it's such a, a lovely thing that you're working on yourself. But I think there's also a part of it is like, I'm not just working for myself, I'm working for the people around around you. And as you said, with your family, it's so beautiful to see. And as a person as well, I can struggle with my weight sometimes and overeating. So, so I think it's really important to share this story. So I, I really do thank you for coming on, mate. And thank you for being so honest. I mean, it's not easy talking about this stuff and I really appreciate your time, mate. I honestly can't thank you enough. Th- thank you for having me on and and for and for listening to to what I've had to um, had to make of myself over the last few years, and it's been in, you know, decades in the making. And if if you know, I'm I'm always around. Uh, if anyone needs to reach out to get a bit of perspective and, and to you know, just to touch more into what I've had to, what, what I've had to sort of change and do. I mean, I still love food. I, I don't starve myself. I still love cakes and pies and chips and pizza. But it's what you do with it, that and and finding the balance in your life that is that is so critical. You can you can absolutely have your cake and eat it too, but get outside, make the payoff, make the payoff. Know what you come, what you're putting in, and make sure you're putting out what you what you're bringing into your body. You know, that's look after yourselves and be kind to yourselves. That's that's pretty critical. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, mate. Well, I mean, what an interview. I, I guess I really summed it up before, but Alan's passion is really infectious and you can see the passion that he has for his sport and the, the passion that he has for his children. I wish I got to mention this a bit more, but the passion that he has for his children and family I don't think can be underestimated and it really shows the power of what they can do in your life. And when you have something that you're just so passionate about that you'll protect, that you do absolutely anything, it really shows how far you can push not only your body, but your spirit and all of that. So Alan should be incredibly proud of himself. And I really hope that you got inspired from this because I did. I, I must be, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking thinking about my eating habits and stuff like that. And while it may not be as major change, it still makes you think about how, what can I change about the little things just to help in certain areas. And yeah, it, it was just really interesting, a really different one. And I'm glad that we did this. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Levers Podcast and I hope you tune in next time. It's been great. This was a Smashed Gnome production.